Krishna, dear devotees, welcome to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. For those of you who haven't been with us, welcome. <clears throat> I had a day of a barrage of phone calls today. So I've been talking all day and I'm a little late, so you'll forgive me for that. Thank you. Uh, we'll just start right off. Srimad Bhagavata Mihima Stotram from Sri Krishna Lila Stava verses 412 to 416. Five verses, potent uh, essence of the, Srimad, the glories of the Srimad Bhagavatam compiled by Srila Sanatana Goswami. And it goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures singular fruit of all the Vedas rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandoditaditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees O Master Srimad Bhagavatam You are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali You are the exact image of Sri Krishna <clears throat> Paramananda Pataya Premavarshakshadayate Sarvada Savasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna himself. Madeka bando matsangin madguro man mahadana manistadagamad bhagya mad anandana mostute. <clears throat> my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, or yes, my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy. I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chuchata kara hanamun chagadachin mam premna ritkanta yokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Moving right along chapter 85 There's 90 chapters in this 10th canto it's amazing. Spiritual instruction for Vasudev and the return 
of the six dead sons of Devaki by Lord Krishna. <clears throat> It is a Vedic custom that the junior members of the family should offer respects to the elders every morning. The children or disciples especially should offer their respect to their parents or spiritual master in the morning. In pursuance of this Vedic principle, Lord Krishna and Balarama used to offer their obeisances to their parents, Vasudev and Devike. Devike. One day, after returning <clears throat> from the sacrificial performances at Kurukshetra, when Lord Krishna and Balaram went to offer their respects to Vasudev, Vasudev took the opportunity to appreciate the exalted position of his two sons. Vasudev had the opportunity to understand the position of Krishna and Balarama from the great sages who had assembled in the arena of sacrifice. Not only did he hear from the sages, but on many occasions he actually experienced that Krishna and Balarama were not ordinary human beings, but were very extraordinary. Thus he believed the words of the sages that his sons Krishna and Balarama were the supreme personality of Godhead. With firm faith in his sons, he addressed them thus, My dear Krishna, you are the Sachit Ananda Vigraha, Supreme Personality of Godhead. And my dear Balarama, you are, you are Sankarsana, the master of mystic powers. Therefore I have now understood that you are eternal. Both of you are transcendental to this material manifestation and to its cause, the Supreme Person, Mahavishnu. You are the original controller of all. You are the resting place of this cosmic manifestation. You are its creator and you are also its creative ingredients. You are the master of this cosmic manifestation and actually this manifestation is created for your pastimes only. The different material phases that are manifest from the beginning to the end of the cosmos are, are diff under different formulas of time are also yourself because you are both the cause and effect of this manifestation. The two features of this material world, the predominator and the predominated, are also you. And you are the supreme transcendental controller who stands above them. Therefore, you are beyond the perception of our senses. You are the supreme soul, unborn and unchanging. You are not affected by the six kinds of transformations which occur in the material body. The wonderful varieties of this material world are also created by you and you have entered as the Supersoul into all of them. Down to the created Adam. You are the vital force 
of all these manifestations and also their supreme cognition. As such, you are the maintainer of everything. The vital force, the life principle in everything, and the creative force derived from it are not acting independently, but are dependent upon you, the Supreme Person behind these forces. Without your will, they cannot work. Material energy has no cognizance. It cannot act independently without being agitated by you. Because the material nature is dependent upon you, the living entities can only attempt to act. But without your sanction and will, they cannot perform anything or achieve the results they desire. The original energy is only an emanation from you. My dear Lord, the shining of the moon, the heat of fire, the rays of the sun, the glittering of the stars, and the electric lightning, which are all manifested as very powerful, as well as the gravity of the mountains and the energy and fragrance of the earth, all are different manifestations of you. The pure taste of water, the water itself, and the vital force which maintains all life are also features of your Lordship. My dear Lord, although the forces of the senses, the mental power of thinking, feeling and willing, and the strength, movement and growth of the body appear to be performed by different movements of the airs within the body, they are all, they are all ultimately manifestations of your energy. The vast expanse of outer space rests in you. The vibration of the sky, its thunder, the supreme sound, omkara, and the arrangement of different words to distinguish one thing from another are all sim symbolic representations of you. The senses, the controllers of the senses, the demigods, and the acquisition of knowledge, which is the purpose of the senses, as well as the subject matter of knowledge, all are you. The resolution of intelligence and the sharp memory of the living entity are also you. You are the egoistic, you are the egoistic principle of ignorance, which is the cause of this material world the egoistic principle of passion, which is the cause of the senses, and the egoistic principle of goodness, which is the origin of the different controlling deities of this material world. The illusory energy, or maya, which is the cause of the conditioned soul's perpetual transmigration from one form to another, is you. My dear Supreme Personality of Godhead, you are the original cause of all causes, exactly as the earth is the original cause of different kinds of trees, plants, and similar varieties of manifestation. As the earth is present in everything, so you are present throughout this material manifestation as the Supersoul. You are the supreme cause of all causes, the eternal principle, 
Everything, in fact, is a manifestation of your one energy. The three qualities of material nature, sattva, rajas, and tamas, and the result of their interaction are linked up with you by your agency of yogamaya. They are supposed to be independent, but actually the total material energy rests upon you, the Supersoul. Since you are the supreme cause of everything, the interactions of the material manifestation, birth, growth, existence, transformation, deterioration, and annihilation are all absent in you. Your supreme energy, Yoga Maya, is acting in variegated manifestations, but because Yoga Maya is your energy, you are therefore present in everything. In the Bhagavad Gita, this fact is very nicely explained. <clears throat> in the Bhagavad Gita, this fact is very nicely explained in the ninth chapter, wherein the Lord says, In my impersonal form, I am spread all over the material energy. Everything is resting in me, but I am not in them. But I am not there. I'll read that again. In my impersonal form, I am spread all over the material energy. Everything is resting in me, but I am not there. This very statement is also given by Vasudev. To say that the Lord is not present everywhere, to say that the Lord is not present everywhere means that He is aloof from everything, although His energy is acting everywhere. This can be understood by a crude example. In a big establishment, the energy or the organization of the Supreme Boss is working in every nook and corner of the business. But that does not mean that the original proprietor is present there. Although in every department the presence of the proprietor is felt by the workers, the physical presence of the proprietor in every department is a formality only. Actually, his energy is working everywhere. Similarly, the omnipresence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is felt in the action of his energies. Therefore, the philosophy of inconceivable, simultaneous, oneness with and different from the Supreme Lord is confirmed everywhere. The Lord is one, but His energies are diverse. Vasudev said, This material world is like a great flowing river, and its waves are the three material modes of nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance. This material body, as well as the senses, the faculties of thinking, feeling, and willing, and the stages of distress, happiness, attachment, and lust, are all different products of these three qualities of nature. The foolish person who cannot realize your transcendental identity, above all, these, <clears throat> the foolish person 
who cannot realize your transcendental identity above all these material reactions continues in the entanglement of fruitive activity and is subjected to the continuous process of birth and death without a chance of being freed. This is confirmed in different ways by the Lord in the fourth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. There it is said that anyone who knows the appearance and activities of the Supreme Lord Krishna is freed from the clutches of material nature and goes back home, back to Godhead. Therefore, Krishna's transcendental name, form, activities, and qualities are not products of this material nature. My dear Lord, Vasudev continued, Despite all these defects of the conditioned soul, if someone, somehow or other, comes in contact with devotional service, he achieves the civilized form of body. The civil he again. If some if somehow if someone somehow or other comes in contact with devotional service, he achieves the civilized form, human form of body, with developed consciousness, and thereby becomes eligible, and thereby becomes capable of executing further progress in devotional service. And yet, illusioned by the external energy, people generally do not utilize this advantage of the human form of life. Thus, they miss the chance of eternal freedom and unnecessarily spoil the progress they have made after thousands of births. In the material concept of life, Due to false egotism, one is attached to the offspring of the body and thus everyone in conditioned life is entrapped by false relationships and false affection. The whole world is moving under this false impression and suffering material bondage. I know that neither of you is my son. Both of you are the original chief and progenitor the personality of Godhead, the Purusha, with Pradhan. But you have appeared on the surface of this globe to minimize the burden of the world by killing the Chatriya kings who are unnecessarily increasing their military strength. You have already informed me about this in the past. My dear Lord, you are the shelter of the surrendered souls, the supreme well-wisher of the meek, and humble. I am therefore taking shelter of your lotus feet, which alone can give one liberation from the entanglement of material existence. For a long time I have simply considered this body to be myself, and although you are the supreme personality of Godhead, I have considered you my son. My dear Lord, at, at the very moment when you first appeared in Kanksa's prison house, you informed me that you were the Supreme Personality of Godhead and that you had descended for the protection of the principles of religion as well as the destruction of the unfaithful. Although unborn, you descend in every millennium to execute your mission. My dear Lord, as in the sky there are many forms 
appearing and disappearing, you also appear in many eternal forms and then disappear. Who, therefore, can understand your pastimes or the mystery of your appearance and disappearance? Our only business should be to glorify your supreme greatness. When Vasudeva was addressing his divine sons in that way, Lord Krishna and Balarama were smiling because they are very affectionate to their devotees. They accepted all the appreciation of Vasudeva with a kindly, smiling attitude. Krishna then confirmed all of Vasudeva's statements as follows. My dear father, whatever you may say, we are, after all, your sons. What you have said about us, it's certainly a highly philosophical understanding of spiritual knowledge. I accept it in toto, without exception. Vasudeva was in the complete perfection of life in considering Lord Krishna and Balarama to be his sons. But because the sages assembled in the place of pilgrimage at Krukchetra had spoken about Lord Krishna as the supreme cause of everything, Vasudeva simply repeated it out of his love for Krishna and Balarama. Lord Krishna did not wish to detract from his relationship with, with Vasudeva as father and son. Therefore, in the very beginning of his reply, he accepted the fact that he is the eternal son of Vasudeva and that Vasudeva is the eternal father of Krishna. After this, Lord Krishna informed his father of the spiritual identity of all living entities. He continued, My dear father, everyone and everything, including me and my brother Balarama, as well as all the inhabitants of the city of Dwarka and the whole cosmic manifestation are exactly as you have already explained. But all of us are also qualitatively one. Lord Krishna intended for Vasudeva to see everything with the vision of a Mahabhagavata, a first-class devotee, who sees that all living entities are part and parcel of the Supreme Lord and that the Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart. In fact, every living entity has a spiritual identity, but in contact with material existence, he becomes influenced by the material modes of nature. He becomes covered by the concept of bodily life, forgetting that his spirit soul is of the same quality as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. One mistakenly considers one individual to be different from another simply because of their material bodily coverings. But because of differences between bodies, the spirit soul appears before us differently. Lord Krishna then gave a nice example in terms of the five material elements. The total material elements, namely the sky, air, fire, water and earth, are present in everything in the material world, whether in an earthen pot or in a mountain or in the trees or in an earring, 
These five elements are present in everything, in different proportions and quantities. A mountain is a gigantic form of the combination of these five elements, and a small earthen pot is made of the same elements, but in a smaller quantity. Therefore, all material items, although in different shapes or different quantities, are of the same ingredients. Similarly, the living entities, beginning from Lord Krishna and including millions of Vishnu forms, are also the living entities and also the living entities in different forms, from Lord Brahma down to the small ant, are all of the same spiritual quality. Some are great in quantity and some are small, but qualitatively they are of the same nature. It is therefore confirmed in the Upanishads that Krishna, or the Supreme Lord, is the chief among all living entities and that he maintains them and supplies them with all necessities of life. Anyone who knows this philosophy is in perfect knowledge. The Vedic version, Tattvam Asi, Thou art the same, means not that everyone is God, but that everyone is qualitatively of the same nature as God. After hearing Krishna speak the entire philosophy of spiritual life in an abbreviated summation, Vasudev was extremely pleased with his son. Being thus elated, he could not speak, but remained silent. In the meantime, Devaki, the mother of Lord Krishna. <clears throat> but in the meantime, in the meantime, Devaki, the mother of Lord Krishna, sat by the side of her husband. Previously, she had heard that Krishna and Balarama were so kind to their teacher that they had brought back the teacher's dead son from the clutches of the superintendent of death, Yamaraj. Since she had heard of this incident, she had also been thinking of her own sons who were killed by Kangsa, and while remembering them, she was overwhelmed with grief. Out of compassion for her dead sons, Devaki appealed to Lord Krishna and Balarama thus, My dear Balarama, your very name suggests that you give all pleasure and all strength to everyone. Your unlimited potency is beyond the reach of our minds and words. And, my dear Krishna, you are the master of all mystic yogis. I know that you are the master of the prajapatis like Brahma and his assistants, and you are the original personality of Godhead, Narayana. I know for certain that you have descended to annihilate all kinds of miscreants, who have been misled in the course of time. They have lost control of their minds and senses, have, have fallen from the quality of goodness, and have deliberately neglected the direction of the revealed scriptures by living a life of extravagance and impudence. You have descended on the earth to minimize the burden of the world by killing such miscreant rulers. My dear Krishna, 
I know that Mahavishnu, who was lying in the causal ocean of the cosmic manifestation, and who is the source of this whole creation, is simply an expansion of your plenary portion. The creation, maintenance, and annihilation of this cosmic manifestation are effected only by your plenary portion. I therefore take shelter of you without reservation. I have heard that when you wanted to reward your teacher, Sandipani Muni, and he asked you to bring back his dead son, you and Balarama immediately brought him from the custody of Yamaraj, although he had been dead for a, for a very long time. By this act, I understand you to be the supreme master of all mystic yogis. I therefore ask, I therefore ask you, I therefore ask you to fulfill my desire in the same way. In other words, I am asking, I am asking you to bring back all my sons who were killed by Kangsa. Upon your bringing them back, my heart will be content, and it will be a pleasure for me just to see them once. After hearing their mother, mm, after hearing their mother speak in this way, Lord Balarama and Krishna immediately called for the assistance of Yogamaya and started for the lower planetary system known as Sutala. Formerly, in the incarnation of Vamana, the Supreme Personality of Godhead had been satisfied by the king of the demons, Bali Maharaj, who donated to him everything he had. Bali Maharaj was then given the whole of Sutala for his residence and kingdom. Now, when this great devotee, Balar Maharaj, Bali Maharaj, saw that Lord Balaram and Krishna had come to his planet, he immediately merged in an ocean of happiness. As soon as he saw Lord Krishna and Balarama in his presence, he and his, all his family members stood up. He and all his family members stood up from their seats and bowed down at the lotus feet of the lords. Bali Maharaj offered Lord Krishna and Balarama the best seat he had in his possession. And when both lords were seated comfortably, comfortably, he began to wash their lotus feet. He then sprinkled the water on his head and on the heads of his family members. The water used, the water used to wash the lotus feet of Krishna and Balaram can purify even the greatest demigods, such as Lord Brahma. After this, Bali Maharaj brought valuable garments, ornaments, sandalwood pulp, bilnuts, lamps, and various nectarian foods. And along with his family members, he worshipped the lords according to the regulative principles and offered his riches and body under their lotus feet. King Bali was feeling such transcendental pleasure that he repeatedly grasped the Lord's lotus feet and kept them on his chest and sometimes he put them on the top of his head. In this way he felt transcendental bliss. Tears of love and affection began to flow from his eyes and his bodily hairs stood on end. He began to offer prayers to the Lord, the Lord's in a voice which choked up 
intermittently, intermittently. My Lord Balarama, you are the original Anantadev. You are so great that Anantadev Shesha and other transcendental forms have originally emanated from you. And you, Lord Krishna, are the original personality of Godhead with an eternal form that is all blissful and full of complete knowledge. You are the creator of the whole world. You are the original initiator and propounder of the systems of Jnana Yoga and Bhakti Yoga. You are the Supreme Brahman, the original personality of Godhead. I therefore with all respect offer my obeisances unto both of you. My dear lords, it is very difficult for the living entities to get to see you. Yet when you are merciful upon your devotees, you are easy for them to see. As such, only out of your causeless mercy have you agreed to come here and be visible to us, who are generally influenced by the qualities of ignorance and passion. My dear Lord, we belong to the Daitya, or demon category, the demons or demoniac persons, the Gandharvas, the Siddhas, the Vijadharas, the Charanas, the Yakshas, the Rakshasas, and Pishachchas, the ghosts and the hobgoblins are by nature incapable of worshipping you or becoming your devotees. Instead of becoming your devotees, they are simply impediments on the path of devotion. But you are the Supreme Personality of Godhead, representing all the Vedas and are situated in the mode of uncontaminated goodness. Your position is always transcendental. For this reason, some of us, although born of the modes of passion and ignorance, have taken shelter of your lotus feet and have become devotees. Some of us are actually pure devotees, and some of us have taken shelter of your lotus feet because we desire to gain something from devotion. By your causeless mercy only are we demons in direct contact with your personality. This contact is not possible even for the great demigods. No one knows how you act through your yogamaya potency. Even demigods cannot calculate the expanse of the activities of your internal potency. So how is it, so how is it possible for us to know it? I therefore place my humble prayers before you. Please be kind to me, who am fully surrendered unto you, and favor me with your causeless mercy, so that I may simply remember your lotus feet, birth after birth. My only ambition is that I may live alone just like the Paramahansas who travel alone here and there in great peace of mind, depending simply upon your lotus feet. I also desire that if I have to, that if I have to associate with anyone, I may associate only with your pure devotees and no one else, for your pure devotees are always well-wishers of the living entities. My dear Lord, you are the Supreme Master and Director of the whole world. Please, therefore, engage me in your service and let me thus become free 
from all material contaminations. You can purify me in that way because if someone engages himself in the loving service of your Lordship, he is immediately freed from all kinds of regulative principles enjoined in the Vedas. The word Paramahamsa mentioned, mentioned here means the Supreme Swan. It is said that the swan can draw milk from a mixture of milk and water. It can take only the milk portion and reject the watery portion. Similarly, a person who can draw out the spiritual portion from this material world and who can live alone, depending only on the Supreme Spirit, not on the material world, is called a Paramahansa. When one achieves the Paramahansa platform, he is no longer under the regulated principles of the Vedic conjunctions. A Paramahansa accepts only, only the association of pure devotees and rejects others who are too much materially addicted. In other words, those who are materially addicted cannot understand the value of the Paramahansa. But those who are fortunate, who are advanced in a spiritual sense, take shelter of the Paramahansa and successfully complete the mission of life. After King, after Lord Krishna heard the prayers of Bali Maharaj, he spoke as follows. My dear King of the Demons, in the millennium of Swayambhuvamanu, the Prajapati, known as Marichi, begot six sons, all demigods, in the womb of his wife, Urna. Once upon a time, Lord Brahma became captivated by the beauty of his daughter and looked, and looked at the... and was following her, impelled by sex desire. At that time, these six demigods looked at the action of Lord Brahma with abhorrence. This criticism of Brahma's action by the demigods constituted a great offense on their part. And for this reason, they were condemned to take birth as the sons of the demon, Hiranyakashipu. These sons of Hiranyakashipu were thereafter put into the womb of Mother Devaki. And as soon as they took their birth, Kangsa killed them, one after another. My dear king of the demons, Mother Devaki is very anxious to see these six dead sons again. And she is very much aggrieved on account of their early death at the hands, at the hand of Kangsa. I know that all of them are living with you. I have decided to take them with me to pacify my mother, Devaki. After seeing my mother, all six of these conditioned souls will be liberated, and thus, in great pleasure, they will be transferred to their original planet. The names of these six conditioned souls are as follows, Smara, Udgita, Parishvanga, Patanga, Chudrabrit, and Grini. They will be reinstated in their former position as demigods. After thus informing the king of the demons, Krishna stopped speaking 
and Bali Maharaj understood the Lord's purpose. He duly worshipped the Lord, and thereafter Lord Krishna and Lord Balarama took away the six conditioned souls and returned to the city of Dwarka, where Lord Krishna presented them as little babies before his mother, Devaki. Mother Devaki was overwhelmed with joy and was so ecstatic in motherly feelings, in motherly affection. Mother Devaki was overwhelmed with joy and, and was so ecstatic in motherly feeling that milk immediately began to flow from her breasts and she fed the babies with great satisfaction. She took them on her lap again and again, smelling their heads and thinking, I have gotten my lost children back. For the time being, she was overpowered by the energy of Vishnu, and in great motherly affection, she enjoyed the company of her lost children. The milk from the breasts of Debiki was transcendental. The milk from the breasts of Devaki was transcendental nectar because the same milk had been sucked by Lord Krishna. As such, the babies who sucked the breasts of Devakiji, which had touched the body of Lord Krishna, immediately became self-realized persons. The, the babies therefore began to offer their obeisances unto Lord Krishna, Balarama, and their father, Vasudeva and their mother, Devaki. After this, they were immediately transferred to their respective heavenly planets. After they departed, Devaki was stunned with wonder that her dead children had come back and had again been transferred to their respective planets. She could adjust the events only by thinking that Lord Krishna can perform anything wonderful in his pastimes because his potencies are all inconceivable. Without accepting the inconceivable, unlimited potencies of the Lord, one cannot understand that Lord Krishna is the Supreme Soul. By his unlimited potencies, he performs unlimited pastimes, and no one can describe them in full, nor can anyone know them all, Sutta Goswami, speaking Srimad Bhagavatam before the sages of Naimisharanya, headed by Shonakarishi, gave his verdict in this connection as follows. Great sages, please understand that the transcendental pastimes of Lord Krishna are all eternal. They are not ordinary narrations of historical incidents. Such narrations are identical with the Supreme Personality of Godhead Himself. Anyone, therefore, who hears such narrations of the Lord's pastimes is immediately freed from the contamination of material existence. And those who are pure devotees enjoy these narrations as nectar entering into their ears. Such narrations were spoken by Shukadev Goswami, the exalted son of Vyasadeva, and anyone who hears them, as well as anyone who repeats them for the hearing of others, 
becomes Krishna conscious. Haribo! And only the Krishna conscious persons are eligible to go back home, back to Godhead. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 85th chapter of Krishna, spiritual instruction for Vasudev and the return of the six dead sons of Devaki by Lord Krishna. All glories to Lord Krishna and Lord Balarama. All glories to their eternal associates in the form of their family members, especially their father, mother, mother and father. And all glories to the sublime, profound uh, description of spiritual knowledge that passes between these devotees and, as we heard at the end, such narrations were spoken by Shukadeva Goswami, the exalted son of Vyasadeva, and anyone who hears them, as well as, any, as well as anyone who repeats them for the hearing of others, becomes Krishna conscious. And only the Krishna conscious persons are eligible to go back home, back to Godhead. Hare Krishna. Well, it doesn't get any better than that. I was talking to Abhai just before we started today, our reading, and we were noticing that the number of views, the number of persons who actually are viewing the readings now are much less than they were before. We used to average about 350, 250 to 450 every day, and now we're only averaging like 125 to 200. And uh, I'm thinking, one time Srila Prabhupada said that this knowledge is like a diamond, a very, very expensive, rare diamond that only a few people on the earth can afford. So if you're trying to sell them and nobody comes to buy, does that mean that you throw the diamond away? No, but those who either stop hearing these books or don't have time, can't find time to read these books or are disappointed that more people are not coming to hear, joining this wonderful Krishna consciousness movement, should be very careful not to reject the diamond. Hare Krishna. Okay, I'll stop the readings today and uh, beg the assembled sages out there in cyberspace somewhere, different places, to please bless us with their reflections and their discussions. Hare Krishna. Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Always first up the block. She says, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj and all friends, the lovers of Sri Krishna Katha. Hare Krishna. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. Oh, and your daily reading service of Sri the Prabhupada's books. Hari Bo. From Bhakti Noel. Hmm. She says, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Grateful to tune in to this transcendental sound vibration today. All glories to Sri Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. Yes, we are all blessed like anything for these instructions. 
He says, Hare Krishna, thanks for reading Maharaj. Goranga Gopal. Goranga Gopal, Hare Bol. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for giving us such nice opportunity to hear about Krishna. <laughs> Something here from Dalni Thai. Hare Krishna, Dalni Thai, Hare Bol. Dear Sri the Guru Maharaj, please accept my obeisance. Hare Krishna. Related to informations earlier in this chapter, where it was discussed how Sri Krishna works through his energies in the material world, is it correct to say that the original person is personally present in each and every atom, that there is not even the tiniest space in existence where God is not personally present? Is this the correct understanding? Yes, but he's he is and he isn't. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. That Krishna is inconceivable and he can do anything outside of our pur outside the purview of our intelligence. <clears throat> we can't really truly understand that. Very few people can really truly understand that. But yes, Krishna is present in every atom and in between. But there he's present in his expansions. And he stays the person, the Supreme Person, while he's doing that. While he's in 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 while he's omnipresent in every single atom and space in between, at the same time he remains aloof as or separate rather as the original uh, expansion or as the original expander uh, of all those personalities therefore he is God the supreme personality of God he's everywhere and he's not everywhere at the same time, simultaneously. And that is achintya, inconceivable. From Vrindavaneshwari Devi Dasi. Vrindavaneshwari Devi Dasi, Haribo. She says, Hare Krishna Maharaj. This stood out for Krishna Katha and I as we were discussing attachment to family this morning. Quote, in the bodily concept of life, due to false egotism, one is attached to the offspring of the body, and thus everyone in conditioned life is entrapped by false relationships and false affection. The whole world is moving under this false impression and suffering material bondage. Unquote. Thank you so much for these constant nectarian sessions. Well, thank you for being there. And thank you for supporting us, you know, in this effort. And uh, 
We miss you, Hare Krishna. So the comments from Bhakta Rupa. Hmm. He says, when I come each night, I keep trying to see the diamond. Most evenings, all I can perceive is a lump of coal. But every now and again, somehow or other, I catch a mesmerizing twinkle, which keeps me coming back, hoping for another twinkle. <laughs> well, it's there. It's not that it's sometimes there and sometimes not there. It's always there. It's, you know, we're the ones that are only perceiving the twinkle. But uh, it's pretty obvious that, as we heard the last sentence of this wonderful, wonderful chapter, that anyone who hears and anyone who recites so that others can hear uh, become Krishna conscious and eligible to go back to the spiritual world. It, I, I was thinking, I'll give a reflection. I was, in, in, I was amazed, as I have been, since we started reading the Krishna book, at how the philosophy pours from the mouth of different personalities to one another and to Krishna and to Krishna to them and how it's such a charming way in which transcendental knowledge is, is uh, revealed through the conversations between these great souls and the Supreme Being. It's not a... It's not a an or ordinary classroom type study of knowledge. It's the actual truth, you know, being shared by persons who can actually see it and thereby blessing anyone who hears it. Hearing is so important. It is the essence of spiritual life. Anyway, thank you very much, Bhaktarupa Hare Krishna, for your beautiful reflection. I listen to Gopi Puranadanapu a lot, and I can't help notice that he knows so much. He's like a moving encyclopedia of transcendental knowledge, and he knows all the verses and can you know and I'm, I've been reflecting lately on how what a kind of simple person I am that I'm not a scholar and I'm not one who mem memorizes thousands and thousands of verses but I can say one thing and that is that when you hear these books out loud and that's the meaning the, the deeper meaning of what we just heard in the last sentence of this of this chapter when we hear these things out loud it is not different than meditating on Krishna. It is not different than being in the presence of Krishna and these great personalities. It's just that we can't perceive it yet. But the way we can perceive it is to keep hearing these things until we become purified of material contamination. And then we can actually hear and then we can actually see for ourselves the truths of all these statements. Hare Krishna. Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Ki Jai. Samabeda Bhaktavinda, Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi, Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same station, same.
topic the diamond Hare Krishna